0: Hey all this is the Flip Flop Experience podcast. I'm your host, Leah Thrapp, an entrepreneur who turned my love of travel into a career. Travel is not just a hobby, it's a way of life. Making it happen can be tough. I'm here to offer practical advice to make travel more achievable. This isn't just about my journey, it's about inspiring you to pursue adventure and explore the world on your terms.
1: Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Flip Flop Experience. I'm Marla Watson. Your co-host, along with Leah Threpp, the flip-flop adventurous herself. Hello, Leah. Hello, everybody. What are you doing? How's your day?
0: I am excited to be here. I've been traveling a ton, and I'm happy to be back in the studio with you.
1: You've literally been traveling everywhere. You just got back from Orlando. Before that, you were in Mexico. Before that, you were in Africa. Yes,
0: and it was six days between each trip, so it was pretty intense.
1: That and traveling with children?
0: Yes, and laundry and packing and a lot. I feel compelled to have every single bit of laundry done before I can start packing. That way I know that I have every option available to me. I don't want to get down to like the night before I'm packing my suitcase and realize that the shirt I wanted isn't there. So I will not start packing until I literally wash all the laundry in my house.
1: I am very much the same way. In fact, I think you and I have had this conversation offline before, but also... I like a clean house before I can even start packing. My house has to be clean.
0: That's like a a dream thing that I would love to be true at my house, but it doesn't really work.
1: Well, I think it's harder when you have kids. And they're they're also very excited about getting on that plane and all the things. And they don't think about the fact that mom had to carefully curate their own wardrobe. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Well, I know that the past few weeks we've been talking about everything from your trips to packing. But a lot of people want to know how you even got started. So, I
0: want to do what
1: we're going to call flip-flop experience origins.
0: Okay, that sounds like a great idea. I do have a lot of people ask, how did you even do this? Where did this crazy idea come from? How did this happen? Well, it was kind of a long and winding journey that got me to where I am today. Flip-flops and adventures started back in high school. I decided to only wear flip-flops. I was tired of my toes not being free. And then it just kind of became a joke in my family with my friends that Leah will always show up to flip flops. So my dad would tell me they were too loud to wear to church and I would still wear them to church. And so I have always traveled. Traveling has always been super important to me. And so I became friends with some guys that are makeup artists and they were all of a sudden getting promoted and coming back with a tan. And I was like, hold on, somebody paid you to go to Hawaii and put lipstick on people. Sign me up for that job. I can do that. So with my background in musical theater, that led to me getting a job at the company and starting to travel, and I spent my early 20s traveling all over the country, um, just doing makeup. And the main reason I do love, I do love some good makeup, but really my motivation was the artistic expression and the ability to travel. And so I got to see so much of the country when I was so young. I mean, being 19 and 20 and jet sitting around was really fun. But then I got tired of that kind of travel on someone else's terms all the time. And so that's when I started my company to do bridal makeup at home. And I would just mostly work on Saturdays and save up my money so that I could go on another trip. I was always just working to fund my next trip. How could I get to the next place? And then I had a lot of time off because most weddings happen on Saturdays. So in between or on weekends that I didn't have weddings, I had a lot of free time. So I began traveling even more and I started working as a travel agent because I was interested in the perks and the connections that I could make. So I worked as a travel agent for a long time. During that time I got married and my husband Justin and I started traveling even more. It was super exciting to have someone to travel with and to pool travel funds with and not be on my own and have someone that actually go with you because friends are notorious when you're young and single for saying, Yeah, 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 let's go and then it's time to go and they're like, Oh, I can't go. Like super let down. I had so many times that happened where I was geared up for a trip and then the person bailed on me. And I wish I'd been a little bit braver back then and just gone anyways. Um, which I would do now, but back then, you know, when you're 20, you don't know what you don't know. So we did travel a lot. And I started a blog a really long time ago, back when we used to write these giant long blogs. And it was called Leah the Travel Junkie. And it was more of a journal style blog where I would actually journal the trips, but that got really overwhelming. I couldn't keep up with it. Formatting the pictures and the media and everything and writing it all out just took too long. I wasn't very good at keeping it up. And then I had Jameson, our little adventurer, Everybody told us, oh, this is it. You're never going to travel again. Now that you have a kid, it's over for you. Which was so wrong. So wrong. Well, the best way to prove something wrong is to tell me I can't do it. Then I'm for sure going to do it. All those people who told me, like, you'll never get to. You don't know what it's like. And I was like, I really don't think that's true. And Justin and I had discussed it before we decided to have kids and said, like, listen, whatever kids we have, they're joining our family. And our family travels. So you better just get ready to be along for the ride, kid, because, like, this is how it's happening. So we had Jameson and booked his first flight before he was born. He went to Hawaii. I think that was his first plane ride, was four months old to Hawaii. And we had 10 adults with us. So I said, if you can't can't do it with 10 grownups on the plane, then you just can't do anything. If he screams the whole time, you can just each take an hour. It'll be fine. I learned really quickly that actually kids are really flexible and they're really good at sleeping wherever. So it really wasn't as hard as everybody made it sound. And then Justin started a job in international security. And so he had to travel for work all the time. And when I heard about where his offices were, I was like, yeah, I'm not staying home while you go to Germany and Italy and Australia and France and Ireland. We're just going to come with you. So Jameson and I just tagged along and it was really, really fun. I'd done that before as a nanny where I was, you know, in a new place and I just kind of explored my neighborhood. And so Justin would work during the week and Jameson and I would just find a library and go to story time or we would go to the park and just kind of live like locals a lot of the time while Justin was working. And then on the weekends, we would take little weekend trips, or we would tack on vacations at the end or the beginning of a trip. Then people were just full of questions. People were like, what are you doing? How are you doing that? What do you pack? What do you take for a kid? What is that like? You know, there's a lot of questions. And so that's when Flip Flops and Adventures was born. I started Flip Flops and Adventures as a Facebook page just to share and let people keep up with what we were doing. So there was a lot of people who were curious and it took me a long time to come up with a name, but I started jotting down my favorite words and Flip Flops and Adventures kept on appearing. So that's, that's where the name came from. I was always adventuring in flip-flops, and I started just kind of sharing, you know, what it's like, what we do, how we do it, and people were interested, and that was all it was for a long time. I worked with some brands, just kind of um, partnering with them over travel, but it was...
1: Which happened organically.
0: Yes, organically. I had some people reach out to me, and we were doing that and moving along with our travels, and then I had people just start asking me. During this time, I was still working as a travel agent, and I was booking a lot of people's vacations, just, you know, more of a typical vacation where someone lives in Dallas and all-inclusive to Mexico or Jamaica, things like that, which are also super fun and great. But it wasn't really what we did when we traveled very often. So my clients started following me and they started asking questions like, well, how can I go to that trip that you did? How can I go stay on a farm in the countryside of Tuscany like you did? And I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't have a very good way to offer that to you as an agent because most of the ways to book these trips are either to do it on your own like we did, which means that you need to be comfortable driving in another country and maybe not speaking languages and maybe getting lost. You know, you have to feel comfortable with that or you can sign up for one of those really big bus tours, which is not the same as what we do either because I was always looking for that like, deep, authentic experience, getting off of the beaten path. And most of the big, huge bus tours are hitting the highlights. They're just kind of high level Instagram, grab your picture and move on type of thing. And that wasn't what we were doing either. So I just kept saying, I don't I don't know how to offer it to you. And I just kind of felt like it was this thing I hated to turn down because I would have loved to offer it to you. I would have loved to share it with you, but I just didn't know like the best way to do it. So one day they made a TV show about the farm that I love in Tuscany, which I'm sure if you've listened to any of them, you've heard or seen pictures on my social media about how much I love this farm in Tuscany. And somebody in LA did a pilot episode about farm to table Tuscany. And I was watching the show and I was just crying. And my husband was like, why are you crying right now? Because I never cry. And I said, I'm just so sad because I miss it so much. And he was like, we were literally there three months ago. That's silly. And I was like, I know, but I'm not going back this year. And he was like, okay, that's silly. (laughs) And I was like, but what if I took people there? And he was like, I don't know what that means. And I said, I don't either, but I'm going to figure it out. And he was like, okay. He indulges me a lot with my crazy ideas. I get lots of crazy ideas. This was just one of them where I said, I'm just going to, I'm going to figure out how to do it because I'd been thinking about it. And in San Gimignano, the town near the farm, there's this amazing gelato shop. It's one of the world's most award winning gelato shops. Right across from it, Caddy Corner, is another gelato shop that says world's best ice cream. They do it to confuse people because they're hoping that you won't know the difference, you know, get in the shorter line.
1: Maybe. I know this. Well, literally when you get there, you will see a sign that says world's best gelato. And I started to walk over there and Leah was like, no, 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 no. That's not what I'm talking yeah. about. The world's best gelato shop does not need to advertise <laughs> that they are the world's best gelato shop. You just look at the
0: line. Yeah. You look at the line and you know, everybody's staying that line for a reason. So I just kept thinking, what if I sent someone there and they went in the wrong one and they came home and told me? I'd be just traumatized that I sent you and you didn't have the full experience. So how do I make sure that you have that experience? And that's when I have the idea, what if I just take them? That has really created a great
1: model of business and a wonderful experience for everybody that has gone with
0: you. Thank you. Yes, it's definitely a passion project. It's something that I get a lot of joy out of sharing these experiences and getting the opportunity to curate and allow for people to create these memories has been such a fulfilling part of my job. After my first my second tour, I asked people to write me some testimonials and I had a client write one that made me cry because I felt like he got it. He got my vision. The experience that he had when he related back to me was what I hope that people have when they go on my trips. So that was really, really nice.
1: I want to always be on a tour with you Good. It's not a tour. It's an experience. Yes.
0: Yes, I definitely want it to be a different kind of experience. I don't want it to be what you might think of when you imagine a tour of Italy or a tour of Ireland to be. I want it to be a different experience It's more full-bodied and more personalized.
1: So you are very good about posting and talking about your experience. You're good at bringing people along and getting them involved in the experience How do you figure out what your next experience is?
0: Well, I have an endless rotation in my mind of what I would like to do next. Then I also have really awesome clients. I have a lot of repeat clients that will send me, hey, have you heard of this place? Hey, have you seen this festival? Have you heard about this experience that you can have? And we should go here next. What I really love about it is that most of the time that they send that to me, it's something that was already on my list. So it reinforces that what I'm doing is where people want to go, which is always nice, but... I always tell my clients, however much vacation time and however much vacation money you have, I've got places for us to go and have an awesome trip.
1: You know I wanna
0: go to Japan.
1: Yes. You gotta go to Japan. We gotta I do go. need to go check out my
0: heritage. Check out your heritage and check out where my family used to live. And the little adventurer says Nintendo Land.
1: Oh <laughs> yeah. you know we're gonna do that. Yes. So coming up next you've got Italy. You're yes. gonna go on the foodie tour, which is gonna be incredible. And then you've got some other things on the pike for this year. What's going on as far as summer?
0: So the next week after Italy, we're doing an Austrian Alps adventure. So we're going to start in Vienna and we're going to see the Lipizzano horses perform at the Spanish riding school. And then we're going to go to Lake Bled in Slovenia and Hallstatt, which is supposed to be one of the most Instagrammable, that's a hard word to say, villages in the world. And then we're going to Salzburg. We're going to do a sound of music tour by horse say, and the Von Trapps. carriage. Yes, the Von Trapps. So, I'm really excited for the sound of music tour by horse and carriage because that just sounds like a dream. We're really excited about that one. And then I'm going to come home for a few weeks, and then we're heading to Ireland to do a family friendly circle tour of my favorite spots in Ireland. I
1: love this so much. I'm going to try to tag along on. At least one thing this year. I'm thinking, Africa, if y'all are wondering, I can't tell you all the details, but we're working on some travel shows for this year. Very and exciting. you're going, what does that mean? Mm. Stick around and you'll find out. Yes. Maybe with a few guest stars, maybe an, a partner in a different place. We'll, we'll see how that goes, but we've got a lot going on production-wise for Leah this year mm-hmm. as well. Let's talk about the fact that when you were in Africa – And Justin, who is the bearded adventurer, that is Leah's husband, he's wonderful. Justin does a lot of your videography and photography, and he helps, I would say, be your producer while you are traveling around the world to make sure that your content is delivered and that everybody gets to see the wonderful places that you are experiencing.
0: Yes, he's really, really good at taking my vision and making it happen. So he's definitely the technical person and he can execute it and I'm the creative person. So I know what I want it to look like, but I don't always have the knowledge or skills or technical abilities to create the image or the video. But he's awesome at me explaining, this is what I want to happen and figuring out how to make it happen and make it look really good.
1: And then, of course, the little adventurer, Mm -hmm. Jameson is all about his own content. Yes. He creates really great content, actually.
0: Yeah, he does. He does a really good job. He cracked us up a few years ago. He had his own One of our old iPhones, we gave it to him to use for pictures when we're traveling because we don't let him play very many games when we're on a tour or something, but he can take pictures so he can stay engaged in what's going on. And we just looked over at a hotel when we checked in. It was in Denver. We just checked in the hotel and he was giving a video tour of the room because he's seen me do it before and it was really cute. So we love getting to hear his kid perspective.
1: That's pretty awesome. I still think he would make a great interview for the show. He should be on the show. Yeah, we'll have to bring him in for sure. I wonder sometimes what he would say is his
0: favorite place. I I don't know if I've ever asked him what his favorite place is. Yeah, it depends on the day. He's like his mommy. He has a few favorites. Depends on what the criteria is for favorite. We're kind of
1: unveiling the background, if you will, of flip-flop experience. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of people that try to emulate what you're doing, if you will. They'll think that they can pull it off themselves or that they can go off. And I'm not saying copy or anything, but Mm -hmm. you this isn't easy for you. This is something that you really think about. You yeah. are very careful and cautious about the places that you choose. You want to make sure that they provide the best experience. And you also, a lot of these people have become your friends or like family to yeah. you. And so you, they're going to give you something that they might not give the layperson.
0: Yes. I definitely put a lot of intentional thought into what I choose to include in my tours I spend a lot of time trying to balance it, which is something that I think that you don't see in a lot of tours that exist. Their schedules are really intense or frenetic and not relaxing. And I really want to slow down and savor is one of my goals is that you don't just say you went to Italy, but like you experienced something in Italy that was so memorable and you had time to really sit there in the moment and soak in the thing that you were doing. Not that it was like in passing, which is what a lot of the tours I feel like happen is just you, you saw it in passing, but that was it. I want it to be that you really just realized that you were in a special moment and that you got to just absorb it and mark that in your brain as a special time. And when those things happen, a lot of times I didn't make that thing happen. I made the environment in which it could happen happen, but then organically something happened that made it even more special that I couldn't have planned. I love when those moments happen. That just makes me and my little planner heart like so happy when you see those things come together in a way that wasn't even what I predicted.
1: I would have to say there were a couple of times in the Italy trip when I just looked around at everybody and could see that one person was looking at the atmosphere and another person was so excited about the food that mm-hmm. was happening at that time. Everybody had a different appreciation level that made their experience different.
0: And that's part of the thing about giving people enough time. They get to form those opinions or those ideas about what they want out of that moment or that day. For me, some, I didn't even actually participate in this, but the fact that Sean and Michelle, when we were in Italy decided to have sunrise mimosas on the last day and invited everybody. And I said, sure, I can make that happen. Got them some stuff for mimosa ingredients and that they had that idea and that they went and did it and created that special moment. Like it happened on my watch is just so fulfilling to me. I love that, again, that they were, there was enough free time in the itinerary that they could think of something that they'd like to do. And then they still had time for it to happen before they went home. Instead of, I think a lot of these trips you go on, you think, I wish I would have had enough time to do this or that. And it would have been nice too, but I love, I love to see people get to take those opportunities and, and put them into action and create those memories together.
1: I completely agree. So on the other hand, how do you manage those expectations whenever somebody really wants to do something, but it's not in the itinerary?
0: There's a lot of times that I can make it happen. If the person voices it to me in advance, I can say, well, absolutely, we can make arrangements for you to stay here and have lunch here. You don't have to go, or we can get your taxi to meet us later. There was a time with a different group that we were at the farm and they saw someone riding horses on the trails at the farm where we were staying and our, the farm where we stay doesn't have horses. And they said, well, where did they get those horses? What's happening over there? We want to go. And I said, okay, let me see what we can do. And so we squeezed it in the schedule. And the next morning they got up early before the day's activities and they all got to go horseback riding. And so there's a lot of times that because there is a little bit of wiggle room in the schedules and in the planning that there's time to make special things happen. And I try my hardest to make sure that I can squeeze them in whenever possible
1: there was a time when we went back to san gimignano mm-hmm. and we just went and sat on the steps of the church and mm-hmm. just watched people yes. where everybody else wanted to get in more shopping it was important to me to sit and eat a piece of pizza mm-hmm. that was purchased right there on the square and just sit and watch people yeah and enjoy the people that I was with and that was one of my most special memories mm-hmm. and I can take myself back there. Even right now, I can take myself back to that moment. You were fully present. I was so fully present. And I don't think that I could have been without you and without the very thoughtful, I don't want to always say curated, but right now curated is the only thing I can think of because it's the perfect way to say putting together that look, that small little step into a special space and time that Mm -hmm. everyone is together, but enjoying it on their own.
0: Yeah, and that's definitely that balance that I strive for. You know, there's so many times that I'm constantly perfecting it to get it to the right balance. And that's really important to me. And I like to include all the senses, too, which I think is part of the immersion in that, in that oh way. Oh, my gosh, yes. Cooking lessons have become a really big part. And tastings have become a really par- big part of my tours, which before I started doing them when I was traveling – I thought, I don't know, do I want to cook on vacation? But it's yeah, it's so fun. And I think it's like you're involving your hands and your sense of smell and your taste. And I think there's something about that that really fully immerses you in a moment and helps it concrete in your memory as something really permanent.
1: Well, you know, something about making that pasta from scratch and with your hands By and hands. not with a KitchenAid mixer. But one of the things I noticed about everybody else whenever they were doing it, they all had their individual way of doing it. There were some people that were like, ah, I, I don't know that I can do it. And everybody was like, no. And they cheered each other on. Mm-hmm. No, you can do this. It doesn't matter. I was literally the second to the last person to finish my pasta. <laughs> and I went outside and they were going to take a picture. And I looked and I was like, I don't I, I'm not completely done. Oh, my gosh. It's like, well, get out here. We got to take a picture. <laughs> and everybody was laughing because, you know, I have to admit, I'm somewhat of an overachiever. Mm -hmm. I I like to be good at everything as much as possible. And I'm a great cook and and I'm a good baker. But making my own pasta was difficult that first time. But the fifth time that you do it, you're still remembering the first time you did it and Mm -hmm. you're better and better and better. And like I was saying a minute ago, it takes you back to that experience. Yeah, it really
0: does. Definitely happy memories. I saw A couple of weeks ago, someone that had been on my Venice and Tuscany tour in the fall, they had a whole bunch of friends over and they made everyone make pasta together by hand. So they set it up like our cooking class at the farm. They had everyone on the bar in their kitchen and everybody was hand making pasta and they made dinner together that night. And I was like, oh my gosh, this makes my heart so happy to see that you guys like brought that fun experience home and did it with your friends at home. I love it. Yeah, it was super fun. So you knew that that made such an impact on them that experience that they had that they wanted to share it. So I love that so much.
1: I know that we've talked about so many wonderful things today and we're going to talk about so many more wonderful things this year. Every time that I talk to you, I leave happy and I think about the next place I want
0: to travel. Good. I hope you're thinking of some really fun adventures we can have together soon. I am
1: actually. And you know, one of the things that Leah is also going to be doing is some things closer to home. We'll be talking about some
0: them oh, mini adventures
1: mini adventures yes. that are just right around the corner for you to pop out easy to do things that you can just take a minute to rest and relax even if it's two days and even mm-hmm. if you just escape to a cabin and you enjoy sitting there and talking to the people that you love
0: when i think that's part of the flip flop experience is that it doesn't always have to be a big far away elaborate thing it can just be setting aside time to have a new experience together with people that you care about. And the new experience might be down the street, but still you're making those memories and that's what's important.
1: Absolutely. Well, as usual, it's always wonderful to have a great show with you. But today I really feel the love of everything that you started and continue to grow to this day and beyond. Thank you, Marla. Well, and without further ado, this has been another wonderful experience at the flip-flop experience leah i'll see you next week okay happy
0: adventuring thanks for being part of the flip-flop experience make sure to subscribe and follow on facebook instagram and tiktok at flip-flops and adventures stay tuned for a preview of our next episode
1: how is it to have kids that travel i'm a person that believes period you can learn anywhere my father learned on a farm to take someone who is traveling. You've got the world at your feet. Mm-hmm. You're learning about money, math. Mm-hmm. You're learning about history. Yes. You're getting those people skills. Now you're interacting with someone who doesn't know your language. How am I going to communicate with that person? And I don't know the language quite yet. Funny language is everything. It is. Social skills. You're. you're I mean, there's so many things you're learning, period. That's why I say your classroom can be everywhere.